Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com or download our Free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6, called The Burning Bush. We are moving through the book of Exodus, so would you turn in your Bibles or open up your device to the book of Exodus. We're in chapter 3, The Burning Bush, the famous story of the burning bush, Exodus chapter 3, and we're going to pick up the account in verse 1. Father... As people are turning now to the Word of God, thank you that it is alive and powerful. Thank you that it is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Thank you that you've provided your Word, 66 books inspired by God, profitable for your people. And today, Lord, whatever you want to say to us, your church is listening. Give us the ears of servants. Give us the heart to walk out what you tell us to do. And give us the grace to do it, Lord. And we know we have the power of your Holy Spirit, and we thank you for that. We don't have to do it alone. And I pray that no matter where every heart may be today, you know every heart, would you minister through your word as we know you will. We give you the glory, and we ask that in Jesus' name and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Exodus 3, 1, the burning bush. Now Moses, whose name means to draw out or to draw out of the water, was pastoring or tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law. Jethro was the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Now, as we saw in the previous study we did in the book of Exodus, we have another big chunk of time that has gone by. Really, another 40 years in the life of Moses. So Moses is a much older man now, and he's been in Midian for 40 years. He has settled there. He has become a shepherd. And he is leading another man's flock, which is interesting, because in shepherding, this would be preparation for Moses' own ministry. He would have to shepherd the people of God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. There's shepherd sheep imagery all throughout the Bible. And we are the little sheep. And I want to welcome all uh, the kids in our service today. Kids, just raise up your hand if you're a kid so we can know where you are. Welcome. We're glad you're here. And, uh, you know, we are God's flock and we are to follow our shepherd. And so Moses has become a shepherd. And he is shepherding the flock of Jethro, which is another name uh, given to him. That we, we saw a different name in the previous chapter, but it's Raul, friend of God. And Jethro means something like royalty, or um, it has the idea that he may have been the chief priest. It has the idea of excellency. And it interests me that Moses is shepherding the flock of one who was probably the chief priest in Midian, or maybe even considered the high priest. And talk about preparation for Moses' life, because he was going to have to learn how to shepherd someone else's flock, namely the chief priest or the Most High God. And this was training for Moses. And, you know, life is filled with training opportunities. 
And God may have you right now as a stay-at-home mom, or you may be in a small company or a big company or wherever you find yourself. And all of that can be training for what God has for you. Moses spent a lot of years there, very little commentary on his time there in Midian, but he has become a shepherd. Genesis 46, 34, Genesis, uh, Joseph is speaking to his family and he says, your servants have become keepers of livestock from our youth, say this to Pharaoh, even until now, both we and our fathers, that you may live in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is loathsome to the Egyptians, Genesis 46, 34. Moses has become what Egypt loathes. Isn't that interesting? And Egypt is a type of the world. And once you become a follower of Christ, sometimes you feel like your friends don't appreciate you anymore. Amen? Sometimes you come into a certain setting and they say, oh, there's the Christian boy or girl. There's Holy Joe or Holy Emma or whatever, right? And maybe you feel like you're a little bit of an outcast. Because when you become a Christian, sometimes the world doesn't really appreciate that. And you may experience a little bit of mockery or even a little bit of difficulty. Moses had become what the Egyptians loathed. And let me ask you, are you okay with that? Are you okay if the world doesn't think highly of you because you want to follow Christ? Well, Hebrews 11, thank you for that. (laughs) 25 through 27 says that Moses chose to endure ill treatment with the people of God rather than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Considering the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. And so Moses has become a shepherd. This is really the uh, term that's given for pastors. And really for any leader that leads the people of God. We're to shepherd God's people. Acts 20.28 says, Shepherd the, the flock among whom which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Shepherd the church of God which he purchased with his own blood. After Peter fell and was restored by the Lord, the Lord said to Peter, Do you love me? Three times. Peter said, Lord, you know that I love you. Then he said, take care of my sheep, tend my people. As Christians, whether you're a pastor or not, we all are shepherding in one way or another. And one of the things that we need to do is take care of one another in this world. Amen? We need to love one another. In fact, the Lord calls us to be one, as he, amazingly, and the Father are one. And sometimes, you know, right there is where we fail in our love one for another, in following our shepherd together. We know that sometimes sheep can be silly and they can bite one another and they're not always really cooperative, amen? (laughs) And we're compared to sheep in the Bible. We have to understand that. Sometimes uh, we can be our own worst enemies. But Jesus, the good shepherd, tells us to follow him. And shepherds were something that God used all throughout the Bible. 2 Samuel 7, 8 says, Therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, 
I took you from the pasture, 2 Samuel 7, 8, from following the sheep, that you should be ruler over my people, Israel. And so Moses now leading the flock, take a look at verse 1 again. He leads them to the west side of the wilderness. There's a little bit of debate about the geography here, but what we do know is that Moses has led the sheep a long distance away from Midian, probably because the grass had dried up or had been consumed in the immediate area where he would normally uh, feed the sheep. So he had to look for some of the highlands on the west side, and he moved toward the mountain of God. The ground was bare or dried up, if you will. And sometimes in dry places in life, God gets us to the point where we need to be. This last year has been a wilderness for all of us. It's been a very strange time, a time when people are wearing masks in stores and kids are not in school and there's a a lot of stuff going on emotionally with people's health that doesn't get a lot of coverage. And people are having a hard time. And this is why the church needs to be open and inviting people to the hope that we find in Christ. And that's why I'm glad that you're here. And in the dry places of life, sometimes that's where we, when we end up where we're supposed to be. When things are not going well, when, you know, maybe the crops aren't what we would normally expect. Maybe the paycheck isn't. And maybe it drives you to a place where you can meet God afresh. The word wilderness is an interesting word. In Hebrew, it's the word midbar. And it speaks of a wilderness or pasture But it also is the place of the word. Midbar, wilderness, M-I-D-B-A-R, is the place of the word. And it's where holy men meet God. In wilderness places, in dry, difficult spaces, if you will, God speaks to us. And maybe we hear his voice more clearly Because we're not distracted. Think of the idea of the wilderness, a desolate place. No distractions. When the whole COVID thing hit, we had a lot of our distractions removed. And some of us were bellyaching about it. And I understand that because I was one of them. Mostly about sports and the fact that I couldn't watch all the games that I wanted to watch. But when the things are stripped away, when the grass is a little bare in the normal places that you might be investing your time. God can speak to you. The wilderness is the place of the word. It's where holy men and women go to be shaped by God. And Moses is now led to this life-changing moment in the wilderness. He comes to that mountain of God. Another name for the mountain of God, Horeb, literally means desolate place, and it ties to the idea of the wilderness. But an alternate name for Horeb is Sinai. And this is where Moses has now come. Some believe that this mountain is called Jabal Musa in modern times. But whatever the location may be, Moses' preparation is almost complete. God has led him through the dryness to the place where he can meet God. And the angel of the Lord, Exodus 3-2, literally the messenger Malak of Yahweh, appeared to him, to Moses, in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a long-time listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. And the angel of the Lord, Exodus 3-2, literally, the messenger, Malach of Yahweh, appeared to him, to Moses, in a blazing fire from the midst of a bush. And Moses looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. Now, Moses, having moved the, the uh, flock Toward this place, all of a sudden, the unexpected appearance, a supernatural encounter of God. Throughout the book of Exodus, we have seen God's hand, even in the loving uh, movements of Yoshebed, laying Moses in that ark on the Nile River, but we haven't had an overt experience that we would say is clearly supernatural yet in the book of Exodus, but now we are going to have it. And this mysterious being... The angel of the Lord, literally the messenger, angel means messenger in Greek and Hebrew, of Yahweh appears. And oftentimes when this uh, mysterious uh, personage appears in the Bible, he is directly associated with God himself. In fact, many reputable scholars believe the angel of the Lord is Jesus before he's born in Bethlehem. And the reason that we could say that is because Jesus is God. He's eternal God. Before Abraham was, Jesus was there. He was in the beginning with God. He is God. He is eternal. All things were made through him and by him. Without him, nothing was made that was made. Jesus is the creator. And it may well be that this is a pre-incarnate, before Bethlehem appearance of the Lord in the bush. And you say, why does he appear in a bush? (laughs) Well, because Moses would be used to seeing these bushes. And in fact, it may well be that Moses had used one of these before to light a fire to stay warm and have light in the wilderness. These bushes, the word for bush, has the idea of a little thorny, uh, maybe just four or five, six foot high bush. It's not a big tree From the original Hebrew, it's a little bush. And if Moses would have seen a bush on fire, let's say the heat of the wilderness causing a flame, 
What would happen quickly to a bush that burns? It would be consumed. But Moses looked at the bush and it was burning and he watched it, but it was not consumed. And it's been said that the Lord will appear to different people at different times in the way that we need to experience him. To Abraham in Genesis 18, he appears as a traveler. In Joshua chapter 5, when Joshua is getting ready to take the promised land and he must take the impenetrable walls of Jericho, the Lord appears as the captain of the Lord of hosts. And here he appears in the midst of a bush. They say that these bushes can have thorns on the trunks of them and a little bit of debate whether it's a blackberry bush or something else. But the bottom line is that Moses had experienced this before. And a bush or a tree in the Bible often speaks of a people group. People, nations, and individuals are often compared to trees that either are doing well, you'll know them by their fruit, etc. And the bush represents Israel. Israel is in the fire of persecution. They've been going through it for hundreds of years. The taskmaster, the terrible plan of the Pharaoh to throw the Hebrew male children into the Nile River to oppress and destroy God's people, and God has seen it. And the message is that I have entered into the fire with my people. I am in their midst. I know their pain. I know they're burning with affliction. I know they have difficulty, but I am right in the middle of the fire with them. The gospel tells us that Jesus Christ enters into our pain. He enters into the fallen world, becomes that baby in Bethlehem, lives the perfect life that I could never live, dies on the cross in my place. And this is a message to Moses that I know my people's pain and I'm right in the middle of the fire. And I will say to you, God knows your pain as well. He knows your highs and lows. He knows when you're feeling overwhelmed and you're feeling the heat of the fire. And just like, remember the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when that fourth personage appears in the fire and he's, according to VeggieTales, real shiny? Come on. Hey, boss, we see a fourth one in the fire, right? Well, in our fires... The Lord doesn't always remove us from the fire, but he's with us in the fire. And I might have a few questions if I were Moses, like, why didn't you deliver the people 40 years ago when I tried to intervene and killed the Egyptian and broke up the fight with the two Hebrews? Why did I have to flee from Egypt? Like a, a person who was under a death sentence. Why now? And this is something that we wrestle with. Lord, if you know people's pain, then why didn't you show up years ago? These are natural questions that I don't think we should try to avoid. Where were you when this happened and that happened? And I would submit to you the Lord was still right there in the fire. But he decides to work in his own time for his own purposes. And I need to be on board with his plan and trust him. Amen? And I will tell you, just like everybody else sitting here or watching via live stream, I don't always understand what God is doing. 
I don't understand God's divine delays. I don't understand why he says wait. But I know he's working out a plan and I know he was doing something in Moses' life and to prepare the people of Israel. And no, I don't get every layer of it, but I know that God even uses the fire to make our faith more precious than gold. And those are not necessarily the Bible verses that we all put on our refrigerator. I'm going to go through the fire today for the Lord that he might stretch my faith. Can I get a witness? Pour the coffee, honey. I know. But those verses are there. And they even tell us to rejoice in our trials, knowing that the testing of our faith produces, what? What is it? Endurance. The trials are tough. The fire is hot, but God is there. And the angel of the Lord appears in the midst of the bush. And Moses looked. Sometimes things have to happen to get our attention. Amen? The bush made Moses look. It doesn't say here the angel of the Lord's presence, although the fire represents him, was a manifestation of him. But Moses It was the bush that got his attention. And I don't know how distracted Moses was, but he was taking care of a flock. He had business to take care of, and we all have our stuff, right? We have things to do, people to see, freeway, traffic to fight, you know, whatever you're doing these days. Life can get busy. We get distracted. You've been listening to The Burning Bush, part one on Walk in Truth. That was Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6. And if you missed any part of the program today, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, which is the church behind Walk in Truth, and that's where Pastor Michael Lance serves as senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies and free events, both for you and your kids like our annual Harvest Festival coming later this month. You can also learn about this Sunday's service and what the teaching will be on. Pastor Michael would love it if you came by for a visit. If you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from our Living Truth app. You can listen or watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app from your app store. And remember, it's the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now here's Pastor Michael with a final word. Well, maybe you hear this story about the burning bush and you're like, well, how do we know there was a burning bush? And how do we know? This sounds like such a fanciful story. Well, as we move through the book of Exodus, you're going to see a God of miracles doing many incredible, miraculous things. The God of of the Bible is a miracle-working God. You know, let's not forget, he spoke the universe into existence. He is a mighty God, a God of variety, a God who made all the different species and, you know, uh, the universe and the stars and the sun. I mean, you start thinking about the human body. He is a God uh, of majesty. You say, well, what evidence do we have that he met with Moses on the mount in a burning bush? Well, we have the biblical evidence uh, we also have the word of Jesus. Jesus actually refers to this story, this account. Jesus said it literally happened. That's good enough for me. Uh, and so the biblical record is the main thing that we have, but the places and, 
and peoples, etc., are also further confirmation. I don't think we have any archaeology on the burning bush that I know of, but um, we do have the biblical record, and, and that is a wonderful thing. Well, we have Sunday services happening this weekend at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor. If you were wondering, where's the church located? Well, it's in the city of Corona. It's right off the 91 freeway, kind of where the 91 and 15 freeways intersect. We're on the north side of Corona. We opened a new facility in the fall of 2015, so we're going on seven years now. We have two Sunday morning services, 8.30 and 10.30 a.m., and a Spanish service at 1 p.m. Our address is 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. Love for you to come on out, invite friends and family. We have donuts and coffee set up in the courtyard. I would love to meet you and have you experience the services. So come on out to Living Truth. Find out info and directions at walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab. Walkintruth.com. Click on the church tab. Hope to see you here. God bless. Have a great weekend. Remember, Walk in Truth is a listener-supported ministry. Your financial partnership helps us broadcast on this station and provide the podcast for free. It's also so more people like you can dive deeper into the Word of God and apply it to their life. Please consider becoming a Walk in Truth monthly partner of at least $5 a month or give a one-time gift. Visit walkintruth.com to give. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Exodus 3, verses 1 through 6, called The Burning Bush. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.